0: Sorry for not making you my centerfold.
1: What does that line even mean? I have no idea.
0: (laughs) Hello. Welcome to Tay2Z, to where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab, and
1: we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about Come In With The Rain from Fearless Platinum Edition.
0: Come In With The Rain. Come In With The Rain. And today we are discussing the song Coney Island from Evermore. Yes,
1: another Evermore song.
0: We got a lot of them in C's. Yes. There's a lot of Sea Evermore songs. So fascinating. So fascinating. Coney Island is the ninth track on Evermore.
1: Evermore was released on December 11th, 2020, and this song was co-written by Aaron and Bryce Dessner.
0: The song being off of her newest album, it means it hasn't been performed live yet. Nope. Nope. No performance live.
1: It'll be very interesting when it is.
0: Intriguing and interesting. Yeah, we sadly didn't get any Evermore Long Pond session. No. No, but maybe the Grammys. She might do an Evermore song.
1: I'm so curious what she's
0: going to do. Very curious. I think we all are. I I agree.
1: (laughs) Almost the full band of the National played on Coney Island. Oh.
0: Aaron
1: Dessner's twin brother, Bryce Dessner, Plays drums, and as you mentioned before, he helped write and produce the track. Scott Davendorf plays the bass and a pocket piano, hmm. which I don't quite know what that is, but I think it's a smaller piano. Yeah, probably. <laughs> From the wording. <laughs> and then, of course, Matt Beringer sings on the song. Mm. When Aaron Dessner received the lyrics that Taylor had written to the song, he said, Listening to the words, we all collectively realize that this song feels the most related to a national song. Hmm. So I thought that was
0: interesting. Interesting. I wonder what that says for me about the National.
1: Yeah, well I I'm gonna talk about this a little bit later. Yeah. But this week I've been trying to listen to the National for this podcast episode. Yeah. And I don't like any of the national songs as much as the folklore Evermore songs. Mm. And I think it's because they have this kind of like atmospheric sound type thing where What the lyrics are, you can't always figure out Hmm. from the song. Like, they're saying interesting things, but there's so much going on musically that it's not just about that.
0: Huh. And it's not just about the stories. That's very interesting, and we'll piggyback on to what I have to say about the song. Fascinating. With the National.
1: If you guys have certain National songs that you really like please send us like a comment, a DM regarding those songs. Because I tried a bunch of different albums. I tried listening to like what Spotify said was their most popular. And I liked a couple of them. But mm-hmm. there was nothing that I felt I wanted to return to. Hmm. But because they're one of Taylor's favorite bands, I feel like I need to understand them sure. more. Because she's so inspired by them. Yeah. And I love all the work that she's done with Aaron Dessner. I yeah. think it's been such a cool collaboration. But the National, it just isn't like connecting with me.
0: Sure. That's fine.
1: Yeah, I know. I just want to understand it a little more.
0: Right. And like why why she and Joe really 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 like Yeah. Them. Interesting. Yeah. I wish I could sit down and chat with her about it,
1: you know. Maybe one day on this podcast we, will. we can ask her yes. about it.
0: Yeah. Hey, Taylor, like by the way, um national, like what what got you into them?
1: Yeah. And like all of her influences, you know. Yeah. Some of them I can understand and some of them are more interesting and different. Yeah. Yeah. So Dev, what do you think about Coney Island?
0: So the songs on Evermore are fascinating musically for me. Like what you just said about the musicality of the national songs. It is interesting because all of the music on Evermore is really fascinating and exciting and intriguing and totally different from... Anything Taylor has done before. Yeah. Including folklore. Like, folklore, I think, was her testing the waters on her creativity mm-hmm. and, like, the boundaries and to see, like, what people would think about this music of hers. And I think that it was a little bit more Taylor, less Aaron Dessner. Mm-hmm. And I think Evermore is a lot more Aaron Dessner, less Taylor.
1: And, like, pushing the envelope almost yeah. more. Yeah. Because
0: I think that, as she said, they needed. They just kept writing. Like Mm -hmm. they just wrote and wrote and collaborated and collaborated. And so I think that folklore, those tracks are a very specific set of songs Mm -hmm. that were really polished and that Taylor felt really proud of. And Mm -hmm. I think that Evermore is a little less polished.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say Taylor probably doesn't feel that way, but I have heard that through other people in the fandom agreeing with that. And other yeah. friends of mine feel that way. It's It seems to be a less cohesive album. Sure. But I do like this idea that she's mentioned before about uh, folklore being about different relationships and then Evermore being about how different relationships end. Mm-hmm. And I, I find that is like a through line that kind of helps me connect all the songs in a different way.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that they're just, you know, some of the songs on Evermore are very unpolished to me. Mm-hmm. And Coney Island is one of them. Mm -hmm. Coney Island is a song that seems lazy to me. Mm. It, I think, is just the vibe of the song. It obviously is a very slow tempo. Her singing voice is very low and relaxing and lazy. I don't know. Even other songs on this album don't feel that way. Matt Beringer starts singing. It's just another level of, like, lackadaisical... Laziness.
1: I feel like lazy is the wrong word.
0: Well, lazy, not in the sense of like not putting work into it. it, is the feeling that is evoked from the song for me. I see. See,
1: that's interesting. I mean, we'll get to what I feel, but that same feeling that you feel, I feel soothing.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Because I, obviously the the song itself is not lazy. Mm-hmm. They put a lot of work into it and lyrically it's incredible and musically it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. The intro itself is like really fascinating to me and I really like it a lot. And then when she starts singing on it, it sounds really good. And then it just gets so repetitive and so... just It just, it just keeps coming back to lazy for me. Like that's the word that this song kind of it's weird evokes to me Mm -hmm. because i feel like there there's so much more that they could have done with this song Mm. especially with the collaboration especially with what the music sounds like behind it Mm -hmm. and that i think goes back to what you were saying of the national songs being all musical and everything it's really interesting stuff Mm. and really cool to my ear and then the melody and what taylor and matt are singing just don't Add up to that. Like, I feel like there could have been a lot more that they could have done with this song. Mm. Lyrically, it's pretty strong. Like, the story is really coherent, but some of her uses of different words and stuff, like merry-go... (laughs) <laughs> really irks yeah, me hate that. <laughs> and then them continuously Wait, saying explain s- why, centerfold
1: explain why you don't like merry go because it's a
0: merry-go-round <laughs> i know that they were trying to figure out a word to rhyme there mm-hmm. but it's a merry-go-round yeah I it's not that. a merry-go <laughs> and or it's a carousel you know mm-hmm. i mean yes there's a merry-go-round at coney island but i think people think more of like the roller coaster there at coney island or the beach yeah the cyclone is the cyclone coaster, coaster. yeah yeah and then also, like, the centerfold thing. Like, I don't understand it. Why are you not my centerfold? The centerfold is the part of the magazine with the nude.
1: Well, I think, so I think it's like kind of a double meaning. It Well, not double meaning, but centerfold is often thought of in terms of Playboy or some type of magazine where it is the nude in the centerfold because yeah. that song's centerfold and whatnot. Yeah. But I think it could also just be when you open a magazine, the centerfold opens and it's just like. That's the most important page. It's like the central figure. So sorry for not making you center in my life. Mm. I think it means something like that. I don't mm. think it means like, sorry for not putting you on a pedestal as like a Playboy Bunny or something. Yeah, no, I don't.
0: It's not that explicit.
1: I do agree, though, that the centerfold part, I don't like that line very much. I agree with that.
0: Yeah, then, you know, thinking about this and, and speaking about it, like, was that their idea of the song to make it repetitive and to make it feel like it was going around in circles, like a merry-go-round? And like, is that the point of why it sounds the way it does?
1: Maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't find it that repetitive. I find it more like the two of them are having the same conversation, but not with each other. Mm. Is how I kind of see it. Yeah.
0: So what do you what do you think?
1: So. I knew going into this podcast that this would be one of the songs that we definitely differ on because obviously Devin and I <laughs> live together and talk to each other. So I knew Devin was not a big fan of this song and I knew that I was. So I, I, I'm i aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> I really love Coney Island, the song. I just like the melancholy feel of it and then how detailed the lyrics are. I think it's really strong lyrically and the story that they're telling, as you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And there's something to me that's like really soothing in how sad the song is. And I can't explain why, but it makes me feel sad and like emptiness feeling, but it's soothing at the same time. It's, mm. it, I don't know. I think like what you feel is like kind of like a lazy sound it makes me feel like, Soothed and relaxed, almost mm. like this is a song like that I would put on if I'd say I had a stressful day and just like wanted to take a, like a hot shower and listen to music. Mm. I would put on, this would be the vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a song that you play to like amp yourself up. Right, like, <laughs> you know, put
0: yourself to sleep.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess so, kind of. Which isn't a bad thing necessarily. No, I'll admit when I first heard the song. I was super thrown off by Matt's voice Mm. because it's just so unlike Taylor and her usual sound. Yeah. And I hadn't listened to The National before this week. (laughs) Right. And so I didn't know what his voice sounded like. And I, you know, I listened to actually a good amount of folk music and I listened to a good amount of songs that aren't vocals that aren't polished. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't expecting that on Evermore. So it was just... Jarring to me the first time I heard it and I was like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about this. I think that I had a major turnaround on it and it grew on me in early January when for work I actually ended up in Coney Island and it was, you know, it's January in New York and Mm -hmm. it was totally deserted. All the attractions like were closed Mm. and boarded up. There was like fences and construction happening in a lot of places and like it just was like super desolate. Mm. And, like, if you've never been to a beach in the wintertime, it's this, like, weird, like, dichotomy of being, like, super peaceful Mm -hmm. and soothing, but also extremely isolated and lonely. Yeah. And I was, like, walking on this, like, empty boardwalk and, like, hearing the water from the beach. And then, like, there were, like, all these seagulls and, like, no people Hmm. and nothing was open. And so, like... Hearing all of that and being there in the winter made me, like, get this song Hmm. and feel, like, super connected to it. Hmm. I felt, like, what I felt being there in the winter, that, like, kind of isolation, sadness. I felt like these two people figuring out their relationship, that's how they felt. Mm. They felt alone, even though they weren't,
0: kind of. Even though
1: they were in this place that maybe, like, their relationship was once exciting and bustling like Coney Island. Or even, like, normally in the summer, Coney Island is... Crowded with tourists. And on top of it being winter in January, it's also the pandemic. Sure. So I felt it like so much. And I think like that experience just like made me just love this song. Hmm. And it's only grown on me more since that experience. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm gonna share, I have a lot of photos I took that day. So I'm gonna share them on our Instagram this week. So you guys can all see them. Yeah, so check them out.
0: And that's interesting that. You were talking about it from being there in January and February, when that's kind of what she associates Evermore with being in the fall and in the winter, mm-hmm. is that this isn't a song about Coney Island in the summer. This is yeah. a song about Coney Island in the winter. And it's such a different fall. vibe. And yeah.
1: we kind of get that from the lyric video, too.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that makes a lot more sense Mm -hmm. of the time and place of when she's writing it.
1: Yeah, there's something like very, like, I love the beach in the winter, but then it's also sad because you're like, wow, like so few people don't understand how beautiful this is at this time of year, too. Yeah. and it just gave new meaning to me for, you know, the lines like, I'm sitting on a bench at Coney Island wondering where'd my baby go, and then like, it gets colder and colder when the sun goes down. Like, I felt that line (laughs) while I was there. Like, it was this, like, cold
0: feeling. That's so weird that, like, it gets colder when the sun goes down. obviously, like, that's
1: duh, but it's like, (laughs) it's like kind of like a metaphor too, that, like, their relationship, the sun's going down on their relationship, Mm. too, and it's getting colder. Like, they don't feel like they can connect connect with each other anymore Mm -hmm. and I like that I think it's just Mm. like such an interesting idea I think it really works yeah I've been really into the song ever since then it just gives me Mm. so many feelings like Mm. I feel like I'm like in this couple's marriage (laughs) yeah
0: wow yeah that's cool yeah it's it's cool that this song does that to you. No matter what I think about it, the fact that it evokes that kind of response and emotion from you is really awesome and is a really cool thing with her music. Mm-hmm. And throughout these two albums, Folklore and Evermore, people have such different visceral feelings towards different songs. Yeah. I mean, you see on like our Instagram when people are doing rankings of different songs and what they love and what they don't love and everybody's opinion is completely different. Yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah. That, you know, it's not everybody's you belong with me. Yeah. yeah. Well, and
1: that everyone also comes to the songs with their own feelings, mm-hmm.
0: but then their they also stories.
1: hear them differently. Yeah. Which I think is like just super cool. And what I've liked about us getting to discuss them is seeing how, even though you and I live similar lives and are this like couple, we still hear things and f- experience them differently. And, and I think it's so cool. That,
0: yeah. And, and everybody, like, yeah. that's something that we have to keep, you know, putting into perspective is that like we all hear and see things differently, mm-hmm. and we all have different feelings and opinions on things. And that's okay. Yeah, and different
1: perspectives. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Cool. Do you relate to this song? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) If I can't relate to you, who am I related to? (laughs) Exactly.
0: That's a great line. It's a great line. That's a good line. You know, this doesn't resonate with me because I have never experienced that kind of melancholy Mm. in a relationship Mm. i've never sat on a bench in like a park or like something and just sat there and was like what am i doing with my life Or Mm. like where is this relationship going like i've never sat down and like looked out into the distance and just thought Mm. about like a relationship i've thought about that with other things of Mm -hmm. like you know my theater career and Mm -hmm. life and whatever but i've never just been like Where did my baby go? (laughs) Sitting on a bench somewhere. Mm, mm -hmm. And definitely not Coney Island, because the only experience I've had with Coney Island was during the summer, and it was really weird, and my friend got swindled out of $40 for a palm reading. (laughs) I told him it was a really bad idea. Yeah, that's a lot of money for a palm reading. Really a lot of money for a palm reading. <laughs> and then I wanted to go on the roller coaster, but it ended up looking like a death trap. So I didn't go on the it's roller coaster. It's a really coaster. old
1: coaster. It's wooden. Yeah.
0: And the beach is disgusting and I hate hot dogs. So <laughs> so my experience with Coney Island was not...
1: But you love Nathan's crinkle cut french fries. I do.
0: I do. I would go for the french fries. And also the subway ride out there is forever. It takes forever ever to get there the yeah
1: F. i think it's more of like kind of and i could be wrong but a touristy type thing yeah i think people who live in new york are like there are a lot cleaner beaches <laughs> you can go to you
0: know <laughs> or a boy from maine yeah might think <laughs> that there might be a couple cleaner beaches yeah fair <laughs> yeah so that's the literal coney island not relating but in, in terms of the song i don't resonate very much with it, mm-hmm. it and that is another reason why it probably doesn't not on the top of my list or whatever. But what's interesting is that I, I think that if I took the vocals out, mm-hmm. I'd be really into it.
1: Interesting. I wonder if someone's done that on YouTube.
0: Like if it was just the musical lines behind it and the guitar and like, because the ver- the intro, like I said, is incredibly interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And what they're doing behind the lyrics, like if you listen in to the guitar player and to the different synths and to the backup vocals and stuff, it's all really interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. And I I actually enjoy listening to that more than I do to the actual front lyrics.
1: It's so interesting, though, because you've mentioned that you like some of the lyrics and you like the music, so you just don't like how they sing them. Like the melody? Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think it's like the melody, and I think it's how they sound together, and I think it's that she- You, I knew,
1: as soon as we heard, the, for the first <laughs> time, this song, Matt Berenger's voice, you were like, uh-uh. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, uh-uh.
0: The fact that Taylor basically stays in, like, one octave the whole time, like, her vo- her vocal range doesn't really go anywhere. Hmm. And so I don't find that very interesting. Hmm. I find the music way more interesting. And so I think that that's a big problem for me Mm -hmm. when I'm listening to a song. Yeah. And obviously you are way more into lyrics. Yeah. So you're going to jive more with that. Yeah. Especially on a song like this where the story is very important.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I I really like the story like interesting to me yeah
0: Yeah. how do you relate
1: uh so as you guys all know from the teenage love triangle episodes (laughs) i had a very suburban childhood so i just absolutely loved the lyric because we were like the mall before the internet it was the one place to be the mischief the gift wrapped suburban dreams sorry for not winning you an arcade ring that's good and so just, yeah, that idea of equating their relationship to the mall and suburban dreams. It's just, like, such a strong image to me because I lived the childhood where the mall was the place to be. Oh, yeah. And it's just that idea that they were, like, this perfect idea of this, like, Americana couple. They But they also were fun with that whole the mischief. And that somehow they lost that in the relationship over the years. Yeah, I don't really relate to the relationship in this song. Yeah. Um, but I just, I love that line a
0: lot. And now we get to the segment of...
1: Gossip Girl. In terms of Taylor talking about this song, we really have kind of one interview to go off of. So I'm going to use some information from that, some theories I've pulled together and read about on the internet. Ooh. And if there's anything that you guys think that we haven't addressed, please comment on our Instagram about it because this song I find to be extremely complex. And I just feel like there's a bunch of things that I missed as I was doing this Gossip Gap research. So I really want to hear what you guys think. Cool. So I think I should start, for those of you, because we just kind of assume, since we're from New York, that everyone knows what Coney Island is. Mm. But I think that we should start by saying Coney Island's an uh, amusement park in Brooklyn, which is part of New York. It's a very, like, historic amusement park for America, and it's been around for a long time. Yeah. It has these, like classic roller coaster, Ferris wheel, Mario go-around images that's kind of like when you picture old school amusement parks, that's like yeah. what I picture. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like an institution and very touristy place
0: now. Old-timey. It has, like, a very old-timey feel.
1: Yeah, so I think that's, like, just an important thing to mention that was obvious to us, but might not be to people who have been lived in New York. Yeah. So Taylor explained in the Apple Music interview that she did that she chose Coney Island to represent a place where thrills were once sought, a place where once it was all electricity and magic, and now the lights are out, and you're looking at it thinking, what did I do? Hmm. Which is kind of cool and like kind of explains how I felt seeing it all boarded up. Yeah. Because it it is, I've been there not in the winter Mm -hmm. and it's so lively and crowded and there's so much going on. It's like overload and it's just was so different. Yeah. Everything shut
0: up. Interesting.
1: Also, Taylor had a second reason for the song's location. She hasn't mentioned, but Coney Island is part of Brooklyn Community District 13. Which I loved reading, and it's so Taylor, like, so funny, and obviously, like, that's on purpose. It's just, it's so, it's so funny. Ridiculous. As you all should remember and probably know, 13 is Taylor's lucky number.
0: It is the the only number.
1: Yeah, I I read that online, and I was like, that can't be true, and then I googled it, and it was true, and I was like, oh, wow. So cool.
0: That's super cool.
1: So from the opening lyrics... Break my soul in two, looking for you, but you're right here. If I can't relate to you anymore, then who am I related to? I feel that this song is kind of a, a further examination of the themes in Exile, Tolerate It, Happiness, probably other songs, and about a couple who... Can't really seem to find common ground or communicate with each other anymore, even though they once could. And there's a lot of sadness and regret about it. Mm. And I just like I just find those lyrics like if I can't relate to anymore, who am I related to? Like this person you've built this life mm-hmm. with, and then suddenly you're like, we can't relate anymore. We don't have things in common anymore. Yeah, yeah, and like the whole looking for you, but you're right here, mm-hmm. is so similar to the tolerated themes. Oh yeah. And we haven't covered "Tolerated" or Exile on this podcast yet. So many of our listeners might not know, or Happiness might not know those songs. Yeah. But they all have these similar ideas of themes of these longer relationships and lack or breakdown of communication or not seeing the other person where they're at or what they're feeling. Sure. I find that idea just so interesting and fascinating and like very cool that Taylor is able to write with this perspective that she does not yet have.
0: Mm. I think it's
1: really cool for her storytelling. Yeah. So during the back and forth conversational type bridge in this song, both characters in the song admit to neglecting the other in some way. And Taylor explained that the lyrics she wrote for Matt Beringer were coming from a male perspective of regret or guilt after a lifetime of a pattern of behavior, mm. which is interesting. And who knows, kind of... In their relationship, they're both reflecting on it. We don't know if it's ended or if they're just still together and can't find a way to find common ground or we don't quite know. I assume from the song that they are still together because it was that that line, you were too polite to leave me. Mm. Which is like, oh, what a heartbreaking line. Like that's super complicated and dark. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so then this is kind of like a more fun take on it. A lot of listeners also pointed to Specific lines in the bridge that relate to aspects of Taylor's life. So I'm going to read some of those. This is the lyric. Were you standing in the hallway with a big cake happy birthday? These lines are thought to represent Jake Gyllenhaal, who famously missed Taylor's 21st birthday party, though they were dating at the time. And it's recorded in the song The Moment I Knew, Mm. which we will be covering, obviously. Which
0: we will be covering.
1: And then the next line... Did I paint your bluest skies the darkest gray, a universe away. These lines are thought to reference John Mayer and the Dear John lyrics, You paint me a blue sky and go back and turn it to rain. Mm. It's also a very common theme with Taylor talking about blue and gray. And like, those are colors that come up in so many of her songs Mm -hmm. um, and evoke and represent different emotions for her. And then the next lines in the bridge. And when I got into the accident, the sight that flashed before me was your face. Many think Mm. that this line represents the snowmobile accident that Taylor and Harry Styles got into while they were dating, which is also mentioned in the bridge of the song Out of the Woods, which is one of the best bridges that Taylor Mm. has. And then the final couplet from the bridge, but when I walked up to the podium, I think that I forgot to say your name. Many fans believe this is a nod to Calvin Harris. Harris and Taylor were dating at the time of her album of the year win for 1989 at the 2016 Grammys. I rewatched that speech and she did not thank him. But granted, she really only thanked her fans and like fellow songwriters and producers. But still, her partner at the time wasn't part of that speech hmm yeah so i think like i do think coney island is a song about a fictional couple and examining the dissolution of their relationship yeah but i think it's really cool that these lyrics connect to different elements of taylor's life and that we can kind of connect those dots even though it's not about that at all yeah i find it just really really cool and some people think that some of these lyrics might have been written for songs that didn't make it onto Reputation like some of these ideas and then it mm. got reworked for future songs. Interesting. Which I don't know, but it I I do think it's cool that we were able to connect that bridge in that way.
0: On the opposite side of that, mm-hmm. like that's that is interesting that we can kind of relate all four of those instances mm-hmm. to past relationships, but those are all about different people and so it kind of makes for a jumble of different things that don't really make sense together. Mm. You know?
1: I guess so. But I guess it's also just the idea of different elements of a relationship that either are right or go wrong, you know? Yeah. You know, it's about not seeing eye to eye with your partner or when your partner tried in terms of, like, the happy birthday thing and then the accent, the sight that flashed before me was your face. That means, like, that's, you know, generally... If you get an accent, the last person you'd think of is your loved one. Right. You know, so it's this, I feel like they're kind of grappling with all these different ideas of the good and bad of their Mm -hmm. relationship. But I agree with you that it doesn't seem so realistic, especially like podium, like how many of us in our normal life ever go to a podium?
0: Yeah, well, it's a lot of very unusual instances Mm -hmm. as well. And And specific. And very jarring and specific. And especially when he does say, when I got into the accident, the sight that flashed before me was your face. That's such a jarring and has nothing to do with the rest of the song. That it's just like a, why? Mm,
1: Interesting. And
0: so if the only reason theoretically mm-hmm. if the only reason that she wrote that was to pay homage to her accident with harry styles that's kind of like a, a weird thing to put into a song
1: i don't think that it was to pay homage to i think it's like was inspired by her past relationships maybe
0: yeah but it's like so specific mm-hmm. that it kind of pulls you out of the rest of the song you know like the the bridge is a very jarring part of this song to me and i, I think
1: a lot of people agree with you on that yeah I really liked the bridge, and i it's interesting because, like, I guess I I heard it and I thought about this theory even before I started reading it. Mm. I hadn't pieced it all together Mm -hmm. for all of it, but, like, the podium part was like, well, that seems very Taylor, you Mm. know? Yeah. And so I just, like, liked it right away because of that. But I just, I kind of just saw it more as them going through these, like, different Events of their relationship. Like, I feel like in any relationship, there are some very milestone events where something went wrong or went right. Or if there's something tragic that happens, it can completely change a relationship.
0: Sure. I, I, I totally get that. I think that for people that, like myself, who don't know the background mm-hmm. of her history and like her relationships and everything, yeah. th- those lyrics are very Just seem weird yeah. and random. I could see
1: that. Yeah. And it's, yeah, and I can't hear it. As a fresh. So I'd be interested to hear like kind of what our parents are going to think yeah. when they hear the song. Yeah. So parentals, let us know. hmm <laughs> Another fun little fact is that Taylor said in that same Apple music interview, it was a treat for her getting Matt Beringer to sing that particular lyric. She said, I also really liked having him say happy birthday mm-hmm. in the song where he's standing in the hallway with a big cake, happy birthday. And I knew I was going to release it on my birthday week. Yeah. I actually got my favorite lead singer of my favorite band, to wish me happy birthday so that's a real win that's cool and i think that's so funny and it's also like so relatable like yes she's taylor swift and she's like this like huge star but she also has favorite band and wants this cool thing to happen you know like that's neat if we could all do that we would sure you know
0: yeah, Taylor Swift could sing us "Happy Birthday." It's so That'd be cute. Cool.
1: Yeah, so I Bruce Springsteen kind of does because his birthday is the day before mine. So every time he sings "Happy Birthday" or someone sings it to him, I feel like it's also it's
0: b- also for you to me. Yeah, definitely. Just
1: putting that out there. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, so that's those are all of my different ideas and theories. There's a lot of really other cool, like, lyrical moments in this song, and I think a lot more we're going to discover if we see her play it live, mm. if we hear more interviews about it, if we hear from more from Aaron Dessner about it. So, yeah, let me know what you guys think about the song, because I just feel like there's so much more to flesh out here.
0: Totally. So, Gab, what uh, what's your favorite line in this song?
1: My favorite line is, did I close my fist around something delicate? Did I shatter you? Mm. And I think I mentioned this in one of our past podcasts, just this idea of Taylor thinking about a relationship as something delicate Mm -hmm. that needs to be nurtured. It's just such an interesting idea that goes through many of her songs and that you could shatter that. Mm. you know because normally you want something like a relationship to be something that's strong and sturdy sure and that idea of something delicate and the way she writes the song delicate that came out before this song Mm -hmm. is about the early stages of a relationship but then this is kind of about the dissolution of a relationship and like was there something there that was like a weak point that Mm. they did something that caused that you know was there something that was like just the
0: final straw yeah or did it build up you don't want An adjective for your relationship to be delicate.
1: No, it's not. That's That's not not a a good good place to be. You want to be in a really sturdy
0: place together. You want, like, diamond.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, you don't want to be shatterable. No. no.
0: I don't don't think think that's a word. Shatterable. We're making it. We're making it a word. (laughs) You know,
1: and did I shatter you? Like, just that idea of, like, that your actions could affect someone like that in that way.
0: And shatter is such a strong verb. Yeah.
1: And I just, I really like how that's sung Mm. in the song. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite line?
0: Mine is, if I can't relate to you anymore, then who am I related to? Which we said a couple of times already. Mm -hmm. But that's really interesting because when you think of who you're related to, you think about your family. Mm -hmm. But when you have a partner and you feel like they are the person you relate to most, because if you pick someone who... Has, the you know, same interests as you mm. or same values, same values, yeah. the same life goals, that sort of thing. Like that's relatable. And then it suddenly changes and you don't have that. Yeah. Or along the way, your goals and viewpoints shift and you have like a major life change. And, and don't something shift happens. together. Yeah. Yep you end up, you know, living in 700 square feet for uh, for a whole year <laughs> and and you either do move forward together or things fall apart like yeah, but that
1: wasn't a possibility. I mean not for it, us, for but other for people. a lot of people. Yeah, a, a lot, lot of people, of people, people especially during, this, during time, this time, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's been really really hard and so like if you can't relate to somebody like yeah, who are you related to? Well,
1: and not to mention, with the thing that you said about family, by us choosing to get married and people choosing to get married, you're choosing to be related to that person exactly. and make them your family. And if you have kids, to combine your DNA, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you're related in a yes. way, you know? Yeah. Even though, like, we're, we technically have no familial relation, like, our choice to get married is to become family. Yeah.
0: And then we bring each other's families into our family. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're all related. Yeah. Wacky. I like that line a lot, too. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: So, Devin, Mm. you're going first. Mm -hmm. (laughs) From 1 to 10, Mary goes, which, by the way, guys, Devin came up with, even though he does not like that lyric. No,
0: I don't like it at all.
1: I'm okay with it. I kind of like how it sounds in the song. But from 1 to 10, Mary goes, what do you give Coney Island?
0: Peter also made a really great graphic for our this episode. So the <laughs> Merry-Go is really good.
1: Yeah, it's like a very visual.
0: And yeah. I was also thinking thing. of that. You know? mm, of I was course. like, what's a good graphic of for course, this song? Of course. Of course. A bench? A Ferris wheel? I like a
1: bench. Yeah, Ferris wheel's nice too. But Merry-Go's around. Merry-Go
0: around is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So This is difficult because there are a lot of elements of the song that are pleasing to me Mm -hmm. and I enjoy. Mm -hmm. After having this conversation, I have more insight into it and more thoughts about what's behind the lyric. Mm -hmm. So it's been an illuminating conversation for me.
1: Very cool.
0: However, I'm not going to listen to this song
1: Mm -hmm. very
0: often. Yeah. It is not going to be on any of my playlists. Wow. So I think I have to give it, I'm going to give it a three. Whoa. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> 3 Mary <laughs> I
1: thought, I think I got you up from a two probably. You did. Okay.
0: I think it was going to be a two. Yeah. And I think you brought it up. I thought I was going to pull out a four. Ooh. But I didn't. No. <laughs> no, because as strong as your argument is mm-hmm. and how you feel about it, and I'm so, I love that you love the song and I think that's really cool of how you listen to it. You didn't really change my mind very much. Yeah. I didn't expect it. No, no, <laughs> no. So, three. Three merry goes for me. Okay. How many merry goes would you give this song?
1: I give this song. This is our biggest discrepancy yet. You think? Eight merry goes. Eight
0: merry goes. So, that's a discrepancy of five. I
1: don't think we've had a discrepancy of five yet.
0: I think we had a discrepancy of six. Because didn't I give something a two and you gave it an eight or something? No,
1: because we'll, we'll have to we We'll have to look of, back. We'll have to look back. The only thing I think of is beautiful it's ghosts. Beautiful but ghosts. I did not give that an eight. No. <laughs> we just disagreed very much Very on much. But I didn't rate it that high. No.
0: Okay. So, okay. Okay, so eight. Cody
1: Island is an 8. I think the song is really beautiful. It just makes me feel something, you know? It's not neutral for me, and I enjoy that. Yeah. I like how it's very different from the other songs on the album, and I just like the images it evokes in my head. Like, it's just such a clear image of what's happening that I really like that. So, yeah, it's an 8, and I do listen to it a lot. (laughs) And it's so funny, guys, because I get the song stuck in my head each week. <sighs> and so Devin's like, oh, my God, like, Every please time. stop singing the line about the arcade ring. <laughs> and please stop singing
0: the, song, the line about the centerfold.
1: Yeah, but i that's not my favorite line either. I just don't really like it.
0: It's just stuck in your head.
1: Yeah, but I like this song yeah. a lot. So, Nate. All right. Okay. Keep listening along with us. You can check us out on Instagram at podcast and give us All of your thoughts, please share your ideas and theories about this song. I just feel like there's so much more to get Mm -hmm. into. I want to hear your favorite lyrics, everything. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow us wherever you get this podcast right now. And if you have a chance to write a review on Apple Podcasts, it would be amazing.
0: So amazing. It would
1: really help us out, and we'd be so grateful. And then we'll post it on our little Instagram.
0: Yeah. Next time, we'll be covering the song Cornelia Street from Lover. So excited. I am beyond (laughs) excited for Cornelia Street.
1: Oh, So excited. (laughs) Come hang with us.
0: I'm Devin. And I'm
1: Gab. This has been Tay to Z. See you next time.